Because I would tell you this, we generate lots and lots of ideas, services, and products. I can rarely think of a time where the idea ultimately launched as we first imagined it or created it. Oh, that's great for our listeners to hear. Welcome to One Next Step, the most practical business podcast in the world, helping you get more done, grow your business, and lead your team with confidence with tips and tools you didn't get in business school. Here are your hosts, Trisha Shortino and Lisa Zeveld. Welcome to One Next Step, the practical business podcast that helps you run your business and make it stop running you so you can enjoy your work and your life. In fact, we're the most practical business podcast in the world. It's time to go from being a business manager to a business leader so you can stop managing the daily grind and instead start leading the long-term growth of your organization. Here's the thing, though. Growing an organization is a team sport, not a solo act. One leadership expert says it's not lonely at the top if you bring your team with you. So this podcast isn't just focused on getting more done and growing your organization. We'll always focus on leading a team, your team, with confidence. Here's how we do that. Each week, we release a new episode answering your pressing questions about running a business or organization. However, we always highlight one next step for you and include what we like to call an activation or delegation guide so that you can immediately take action, start applying what you learn, and get your team to help you. Well, let me introduce myself. I'm Trisha Shortino, the CEO of Belay, a virtual staffing company based in Atlanta, Georgia. And I'm Lisa Zeveld, but everyone calls me LZ. I'm the COO of Belay, and we have the privilege of helping thousands of organizations save time, decrease hassles, and reduce the stress associated with running a business with administrative support. And we are so excited you're with us today. In this episode, we will be learning how and when to prototype and pilot new ideas. And we'll be joined by David Farmer, the Vice President of Restaurant Experience at Chick-fil-A, the third largest restaurant chain in America. Today's topic is so important. Anyone who has led an organization will tell you that focus can multiply the impact of your efforts. And distractions, well, they divide and diffuse your impact. But luckily, there are strategies that allow us to explore all the possibilities without creating that chaos that we all like to talk about in our organizations and teams. So today, we're going to learn how to prototype and pilot ideas way before we launch them. And before we hear today's listener question, we do want to let you know that One Next Step is brought to you by Belay's Social Media Strategist Services. While social media is great for business, we also know it is a lot to manage. Most small business owners don't know what to do or how to use social media, so they don't even try. Are you unsure of which articles to share, what to retweet, or how to even schedule a video? Do you feel like you don't quite know or understand how to speak to your audience? Are you daunted by learning the ins and outs of new social media channels? And even if you're trying to get into the game, managing your social channels, promptly responding to comments and messages, and tackling your scheduling takes time. And I'm here to tell you, it's probably time you don't have to spare. You can make the most of your social media presence, and, well, we can help. Every social media strategist boasts the belay-vetted expertise that we've provided to thousands of entrepreneurs and executives for the last 10 years. With a social media strategist, you can stay ahead of your competition and make lasting connections with your community and target audience. For more information, visit belaysolutions.com. Now, let's get started with today's listener question. Hey, Trisha and Lisa, it's Taylor from Tennessee. 
Uh, I have a high-end landscaping service, and we create luxurious outdoor living spaces. Uh, my challenge right now is navigating all the ideas I have to grow the business. I'm not really sure which ones to prioritize because I don't want to waste money or time exploring the wrong ideas. So how do successful organizations like Belay figure out the right bets to place as you try new things in the business? Hey, Taylor, that is a valid question. And you know what? The bigger our companies grow, the more people are impacted by our decisions. It's important to explore ideas and opportunities wisely. To help learn a process for doing so, we've asked our friend David Farmer of Chick-fil-A to join us today. As Chick-fil-A's vice president of restaurant experience, David focuses on developing products and customer experiences that fuel sales growth and strengthen the brand. However, prior to this role, he led the launch of Chick-fil-A's innovation practice within the organization, so they had a unified approach and set of tools for exploring new ideas. David is also co-founder of MNTR, pronounced Mentor, a training company providing professional development resources to emerging executives so they can grow their career. Now, here's our conversation with David Farmer. Welcome, David Farmer, VP of Restaurant Experience for Chick-fil-A. Thank you, Tricia. Country's best chicken. <laughs> Thank, Thank you. you. <laughs> Welcome. I'm hungry now. Okay, so, <laughs> I know. Is it dinner time? So not only do you lead the restaurant experience at Chick-fil-A, which is amazing, but you've also actually helped the organization launch its innovation practices so that the organization had a good system in place for developing and launching new ideas. That is fascinating. Mm -hmm. So if we want to stay ahead of the curve, we got to make sure innovation is part of what we do as business owners and business leaders. So I would love if you would kind of take us back to when you were developing this approach for Chick-fil-A on innovation and, and walk us through, what was your creative process? What did you learn? Why did you put this process in place for innovation? Well, hey, thanks, Tricia, and Lisa, for letting me be part of the conversation. It's a great question. It's so interesting. We're recording this in the midst of the COVID pandemic, and we're starting to see some of the innovation that we worked on long ago pay off in ways we would have never have imagined. So if I were to, Isn't that if I were to set the table, I would say there was a day, and, and your listeners will remember this, when... Target, Walmart, Home Depot, Lowe's, they were just growing like crazy. And it was easy for us just to drop in another Chick-fil-A restaurant, kind of in the front parking lot. But we got to a point where all that started to slow down as we saw that part of the real estate industry slow. And we said, you know, we've got to think beyond just what I would say was a continuous improvement mindset. Sure. Keep doing the same thing, but tweak it a little bit as we go and think about a more robust innovation portfolio. And there's always a place for continuous improvement, but you need to cultivate some big bets too. And in order to do that, we, we wanted to just work on the discipline, the process. How do you go about that so that we can sort of bake that into our culture? And that's when we set out the, what was first kind of a learning adventure to learn all about it from the places we thought were the best at it. Uh, in the world, which a lot of that's right here in the U.S. Yeah, that's great. When you think about coming up with new ideas and innovation, a lot of times entrepreneurs, our listeners out there, either are just starting their business or maybe they've been in their business a couple of years. And traditionally speaking, entrepreneurs run fast. 
It's the, you know, ready, set, fire, you know? I mean, they're, yep. they're barely taking time to aim. And I know that you talk a lot about prototyping and yep. how the importance of that. So can you just spend a little time th- helping us think through the importance of prototyping? Yeah. Uh, if I go back to that learning adventure, that's one of the things we really learned. We went out and spent a lot of time in Silicon Valley where all this technology was emerging and met with tech companies um, as an example. And we recognized we had to build that discipline into our business where instead of thinking you've got the idea already figured out, which that's one of the great things about entrepreneurs. They're super passionate about their idea. Lots of ideas. Lots of ideas. God bless the entrepreneurs. Yeah, It's awesome, but it can can work against you a little bit if Mm -hmm. you assume because you're passionate, everybody else is going to be passionate as well. And so we learned there's a discipline. It's generally known as design thinking. Mm. Uh, We kind of coined our own uh, label for it and put our own words to it. We created kind of a five five step process. It actually begins with sort of understand where you really want to know the market and know specifically who's your customer and what do they need. How are you going to solve a problem for them? And then you move to what we often think of as brainstorming or ideation. We call it imagine. Imagine how you might meet that need, and then that leads you to prototyping. The other side of the process looks like validating or testing, and then you're ready to launch. But prototyping is where you take the idea you think is good and create what we'll sometimes refer to as an MVP or a minimally viable product, a crude, inexpensive, don't bet the farm representation of your idea. <laughs> and as, yeah. as an entrepreneur, you got you to gotta be really smart with how you use your resources. So what's the cheapest and easiest and fastest way you can come up with some facsimile of the idea and find out, does this really work? Does this really um, meet a need or solve a problem like I think it might? Mm -hmm. And and so that's what prototyping is all about. Because I would tell you this, we generate lots and lots of ideas, services, and products. Mm -hmm. I can rarely think of a time where the idea ultimately launched as we first imagined it or created it. That's great for our listeners to hear. So it's even great for like an iterative process where the original idea, maybe through prototyping, turns into maybe something else that is close or slightly different down the line. But Yeah. And what we were finding is we were creating ideas almost in finished form, and then they became so precious and so expensive, you couldn't afford to Mm, change them. Interesting. And so if if you start crude, cheap, small, and you get feedback, and you have a, therefore you're you're more willing to modify it, tweak it. Takes a little bit of patience. You got to trust the process, but you'll end up with a much better idea, a solution, product, service, whatever it is on the backside, and and then you can go forward and and sort of launch with confidence. I think it it guarantees you're more likely to get the return you were hoping for in the first place. And it's and not very often do- some. I'm sorry, no, Elsie. I was going to say, it's not very often that somebody tells you to do something crude, cheap, and small. Right. So it's interesting advice to make note of. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, sorry. And even as you prototype, there may be, you know, an, sort of an alpha version of the prototype. And then you go to beta. And you can, you can even, you can iterate even within your prototype. But you don't want to bet a lot on the front end. You want to take it in stages. So that was a discipline we had to learn. We actually created a big innovation center. And one of the things we do in there is we go mock up everything. 
we, you can, you know, the crudest prototype may be drawn in on a whiteboard, but then you may actually begin to take inexpensive materials and, and make some representation of it. We create cars. We keep, we've created entire restaurants out of foam core. Yeah. We're really good at hot with hot glue guns and, <laughs> and exacto knives. Yeah. Because sometimes we're trying to figure out uh, the spacing of things. How's it going to fit? Right. Yeah. And then we'll actually, we'll, we'll bring customers into this warehouse where we've created something and actually have them try it out and get, gather feedback and video it, record it, just run simulations with it. And we haven't spent a lot. Mm-hmm. And that is radically different than going out and building a really expensive building. You don't, you want to make your mistakes yeah. when the stakes are low. Uh, not when the stakes are high. Yeah. And and I was just going to kind of interject there. I like how you said that with Chick-fil-A that you have products and services, because I think so often we, I know for me, it's real easy to think of a prototype as something that you can stand and hold, touch, feel, smell, all of those things. And you're saying that you can even do that with the service part of your business too. And that a prototype should not be overlooked for that. That's right. Even a business model can be prototyped. So whether it's hard or soft, you know, concrete or abstract, I think the same general principles can apply. Yeah, that's great. So as we think about small business owners, leaders, um, and advising some startups, would you say there's a certain time to know when it's time to move an idea into prototyping or if there's some criteria that you would follow or is it instinct? Like, how do you know when something is ready to launch from concept? Yeah, I may back up a, just a step before I answer that question and say, I think any business leader needs to always have a portfolio of new ideas because there's this sense that what even if you're thriving right now, no, nothing lasts forever. Sure. And there's a life cycle to, to products. There's a life cycle to services. There's, in fact, look at what's happened with COVID. We've seen the life cycle of some things come to an abrupt end. Yeah. And, and, and so you have to always, I think leaders, they're always kind of dealing with what's now. And sometimes they're looking at a little bit, but they've also got to look way out into the future and learn to sort of read the weak signals. Where does change come from? What's going to potentially disrupt my business? That's sort of a defensive posture, but also what's the next big opportunity I might want to pursue? That's the offensive nature of it. And then they can almost have a portfolio of projects. Some are, are ready to go and some they're just ideas at this point. And I, I kind of think about like your pantry in your kitchen. You want some stuff, it's on the shelf and it's it, you've already tested it, you've validated it's ready to go when you need it. Right. And other stuff, you're just really on the, on the front end. So to, to your question about when do you validate, I have this belief that you're always validating something. Mm. Now, you are ready to validate a specific idea when the feedback you've received from your prototype would suggest, I think you've got it. Yeah. Now, the difference between prototyping and validating is, is validating would imply you want to go get real feedback from real customers on that idea. And I think even then, you need to have a willingness to change the idea, change the service if necessary. I like the how you're talking about that book of ideas. Again, you're just 
I mean, you're just really schooling me today <laughs> as an entrepreneur, kind of keeping that book of ideas and that each of them are in a different stage of development for when things like this happen, for when the unexpected happens, or if you have a service or a product that's not performing the way it should be, that you can pivot and kind of go into a different direction. So we like to say that we are the most practical business podcast in the world. And Love that it. means that, <laughs> yes, and yeah. that means that we like to give our listeners real, actionable, tangible items that they can start doing immediately right after listening to this podcast today. So from the guy that all you do is innovate and get creative and you've helped one of the best, the number one to me, uh, quick service food chains, really innovate and think of things differently. Is there something you could say that our listeners could do immediately to start thinking that way of being innovative and prototyping and piloting if that's maybe not in their wheelhouse? Yeah, great question. I'll give you a couple of ideas and maybe listeners can decide which one makes the most sense in their circumstance. Uh, there's a common technique called a SWOT analysis and SWOT is just SWOT, strength, weakness, opportunity, threat. I think the first thing uh, an entrepreneur can do is just do a little simple informal SWOT analysis on their business. What are their strengths? What are their weaknesses? Where are they vulnerable? What might be the opportunities? And think about how everything's sort of changing right now. There may be new opportunities that didn't even exist uh, four months ago. And threats, right. same is true, because that may inform the direction they need to take as they think about what goes into their innovation portfolio. And what I like about that, there's both an offensive nature to it again and a defensive nature because sometimes they've got to protect what they've got. And sometimes they feel like, hey, here's a chance for me to take some new ground and set my business up for the future. So that that's one thing. And then I would say, do a little honest assessment of what is in your innovation pantry right now or your mm -hmm. book, as you said. Are you vulnerable? Or do you need to get cranking on some new ideas? And just to share a little story from uh, Chick-fil-A, we obviously had no idea that the world was going to turn upside down. But that second, third week in March, we had to close all of our dining rooms. And we were able to quickly pivot all of the service at our freestanding restaurants to either drive through, curbside pickup, or delivery. And we were able to push people to use an app that we had been developing. Now, we had been working on all those things for a while, um, but had no idea that they would pay off like they did during this season. And we saw the way that people use them just skyrocket up. And so we, we benefited from having already done that. So I, I would say to listeners, you've got to adopt this mindset that, nothing static. And you kind of have to walk around with, it's almost like you got a little chip on your shoulder, this healthy discontent with status quo. Sure. Even if life's awesome right now, it may not always be that way. So the shoe's going to drop at some point. For right? all of us, right? Just yeah. plan on yeah, it. Yeah. I mean, yeah. the world, the, the marketplace is so dynamic and, and unlike ever before, it's changing. So just to you know have that mindset is a specific action item. And then I think one thing we can do, we can share what we call our launch loop. And you guys can uh, post that up to your show notes if you like. And it just is a very simple explanation of that design thinking process that I made reference to. Mm -hmm. And it, it doesn't have to be sophisticated or expensive. It doesn't matter if you're uh, a solo entrepreneur or you're a big company. I think the same 
practices and principles can apply the scale of how you use it. You know, it's, it's going to vary, but I would just challenge people think, learn to think like this. And it's a way to conserve the resources you've got to make sure that as you come up with new ideas, you are responsible in bringing them to market and you're more likely to have winners. You'll call out. Here's the other thing I would say, expect ideas to fail. Yes. We try to celebrate failure. If you have failures, uh, it, it means you're trying a lot of stuff. Here's the key. You just want to vet them out early. And that's what this process is helping you do is get the ones that are not going to pay off out so that what you ultimately commit your energy and resources to has a, a greater chance of succeeding and, and supporting you and your, and your business. Yeah. Wow. Well, thank you, David. This has been incredible information from you. Um, I know our listeners out there are going to be thrilled. I've learned a lot today. And thank you for the generous offer of sharing that. The launch loop that you just shared, um, I can't wait to put that in our show notes, our activation guide for our listeners. So thank you again for your time. It's been my pleasure. Love what you ladies are doing. And go belay. Thank you. <laughs> thank, thank you. you. Wow, David was such an incredible guest today. Um, I think that there's very few times I know in my life where I've had the opportunity to sit down with somebody who has been so instrumental in innovation and really helping a, an organization, a restaurant pivot and really think about innovation and technology the way that David has really done that for Chick-fil-A. Incredible. I'd love to know while I'm sitting here processing, I want to ask you, Tricia, you know, I always do. <laughs> what was your favorite takeaway? Yeah, I liked how David talked about using a SWOT analysis, strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, mm -hmm. and threats, and really sitting down as an organization or a business owner and putting to paper what are those things. And mm -hmm. out of that, you know, is the opportunity or, you know, for ideas to form. So I love that, that, that that's a great starting place. If you don't know where to begin, that's a great first next step is really doing a good SWOT analysis. What did you think? Yeah. Yeah. And I like, I mean, really to, to complement the SWOT analysis is creating that portfolio, or I called it a book of ideas. I think so often um, entrepreneurs are really creative, right? We think about all these things to do, but so often we don't write them down and then we definitely don't loop back to them. So I, I just think that's really a new way to think of it. You know, if you're journaling, if you've got a planner of some sort, but just to create a book full of ideas or a pantry. I liked his pantry, pantry analysis. Pantry is fun. Where, yeah, where mm -hmm. you can go back and each of them will be in a different stage. I think that was amazing. Yeah. So guys, you know what time it is. It is time for the one next step. As the most practical business podcast, we want to make sure taking action isn't overwhelming to you. So each episode, we're going to offer you one next step to propel you and your business forward. And today's next step is to learn more about the launch loop. Oh, yes, that was good stuff, the launch loop. So to help you do it, David and his team at MNTR are sharing an ebook 
the Launch Loop, five steps guaranteed to get your ideas off the ground. The Launch Loop is a proven process that has helped the world's most successful organizations effectively launch new ideas. This ebook simplifies and organizes these principles so leaders at any level in any situation can more consistently get their ideas off the ground. So to download this awesome resource, text the phrase, One Next Step, to 31996 or visit one next step podcast.com. That's one next step podcast.com. And when you request the ebook, you'll also receive a summary of today's episode, which includes key quotes and takeaway, links to resources mentioned in the episode, and questions to ask yourself or your team to further explore today's topic. We'll also give you a link to a 10 to 15 minute playlist. That's my favorite. You guys know that, that you can play in the background while you focus on your next step. So again, text the phrase one next step to 31996 or visit onenextsteppodcast.com. And if you're not convinced already, we'll even give you an opportunity to submit your business questions so one of us or a future guest can answer it during an upcoming episode. So here's our challenge to you. Download the guide and then give yourself the next 10 to 15 minutes to work on your next step. And with that, thank you, thank you, thank you for listening to this episode of One Next Step. We hope you enjoyed the episode and that you will join us next time for more practical tips and actionable tools to advance your business one step at a time. Until next time, own your journey. It's your life and your business. It's up to you to create the life and organization you want. So start by making today count. Thanks for listening to One Next Step. Be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts or follow us on Spotify. Then join us next time for more practical business tips and tools to help you get more done, grow your business, and lead your team with confidence. For more episodes, show notes, and helpful resources, visit onenextsteppodcast.com.